Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on this 12th day of Christmas. Uh, my true love gave to me. Yeah, I can't believe it. Uh, we're practically two weeks away from Christmas. Time goes by fast when you're busy or having fun, or both in some cases. Here lately, I'm having a good time uh, doing the program, having some great guests on last week. I wanted to thank Andre and, of course, Mad New Yorker for coming on, being very consistent uh soldiers here on the sports scope i uh, got a lot i want to talk about tonight Tua versus herbert part two and part one excuse me part one the reason why i say that these two players were drafted in the same draft one pick apart and we're starting to see it's starting to look like the uh matchup that i thought it was going to be uh, these two teams are playing out, particularly Miami, the way I predicted in the early preseason. Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, Brock Purdy, how far can San Francisco go with him? I'll give a couple good examples of other teams that's had rookie quarterbacks a lot with a lot of talent around them that the coach seems to have some faith in. Uh, I, I, I will give that. But first, let me give you a quick take on tonight's game now Arizona neither one this is an interesting game for neither team really having much to play for I know New England's got an outside shot at a wild card Arizona's pretty much out of it that being said Bill Belichick on the road against a mobile quarterback uh I do not think um on the road against a mobile quarterback DeAndre Hopkins Hollywood Brown. Uh, it's a fair defense in Arizona. Uh, I don't know why New England is favored, but I think Arizona win this game. You know, uh, we, we saw what we saw what the Bears did to this New England defense. So I don't know what. Uh, maybe maybe they have Kyler Murray's number. I doubt it, but we'll see. We shall see. So yeah, it feels like a 27-20 Arizona game to me. But who knows? Who knows? Uh, Dallas had a scare. Actually, like what they done. I like how they handled that game. Can't be favored by a million every week and perform at that level every week. Kind of figured that they would run into a uh, be flat eventually. But first, okay, the Brock Purdy hype train continues. Uh, yesterday, the rookie seventh round quarterback was 16 for 21, two touchdowns, had a quarter a QBR of 94.8, had a rating of 134 points. That was that was really good. And I'll say this, he did an audible right at the beginning of the game, which I, I'm surprised that Mike Cal Shanahan's letting this guy do audibles like that. Um, for example, Tua wouldn't dare do an audible his rookie year. I remember him saying to a, saying in, in a um, in an interview that uh, he's like I knew this play wouldn't work, but I wouldn't audible and out of it. You know, I didn't know the whole playbook. But you got this this rookie here, this Brock Purdy guy, uh, seventh round draft pick. He's audible and out of plays. Now he audibled and got blasted by the safety. Came back and they still scored. Now, of course, it helps when you had over 200 run, rushing yards by Christian McCaffrey. Vita Vita went out. Uh, not Christian. Uh, 200 yards 
rushing total. McCaffrey had 119, two catches, 34 yards, had two touchdowns total. Tampa, of course, they scored just seven points. Uh, Debo Samuel, early reports were he had a high ankle sprain. Then it came back. It's just a MCL sprain. Could be back before the season ends. So that's good news on, on that part. And, of course, uh, San Francisco's got a two-game league in the 9-4. and four. They got a three-seed in the NFC. Uh, they're only a game behind Minnesota. Good call there for me, right? Said that Detroit would beat them. I'll get to that game tomorrow. And, you know, they got to play at Seattle on Thursday, who lost to Carolina at home. Uh, Washington at home, a lowly Las Vegas team, and, Car- and Arizona at home. So, I mean, they could t- potentially run the table. Boy, the Niners are not in floor playing better, riding a six-game winning streak. You know, they remind me of the 2004 Pittsburgh Steeler team. Uh, Steelers made the playoffs the year before, had a guy named, I want to say his name's like Drew Maddox or something like that. Uh, he came from the original XFL. Uh, did he was decent? He was decent, but they had drafted this guy, this young guy from Miami, Ohio, who was the third quarterback taken, and nobody really talked about it. He had a funny last name. It was Roethlisberger, like hamburger, and the the, the whole thought of that 04 draft was. Eli Manning not wanting to go to the L.A., the then San Diego Chargers, and Phillip Rivers end up going to the Chargers. We know what happened after that. Uh, Manning went number one to the Giants. The Giants make the trade. Rivers goes to the Chargers. Both of these are potentially Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Then lowly old Pittsburgh Steelers comes in there and move up, and they get this guy, Ben Roethlisberger, who nobody was really talking about out of Miami, Ohio. Well, the starter gets hurt. This, uh, well, Like I said, I think it was Drew Maddox. Either way, it means no, never mind. He gets hurt in like week two against Baltimore. That was the only loss that they had all year. That team finishes 15-1. and one. They end up finishing 15-1 and one with this rookie who I remember thinking if you just watched the guy in the huddle, he looked like he had been there 10 years. That was my thought, particularly when he was playing in the Dallas game that year. This is back in 04. And I remember thinking, man, this guy really seems like a, a seasoned vet. Then you go back just a week ago, and Trent Williams says the same thing in regards to Brock Purdy. This guy's calling audibles? Are you kidding me? So you get that comment. He calls the audible, gets blasted by a safety, totally shakes that off, comes back, makes has a 134 rating, 94 point. Uh, now, of course, this is, you know, he comes in middle of the game, in the Miami game. Then he comes in and he does a whole game against Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, where you've got 49er players getting his autograph after the game. This 22-year-old guy, seven-round pick. So so you ask yourself, 
can this guy win a playoff game? And looking back historically where you've had a really good team. I mean, that Pittsburgh team was a really, really good team. Good defensively, front, middle, and back. Good blitzing team. Really good running game. Very physical. Uh, Jerome Bettis, Hans Ward, okay, uh, on the offense. Just a very uh, plexico Burris, very talented receiving core. Wasn't utilized enough. And they were they were clicking on all eight. Uh, Joey Porter, James Ferrett, those type of guys. Just a really solid defense. Dick LeBeau. And this defense is very similar to that defense, number one in just about every single category. Like this team, ironically, that team could get beat deep too. That team, ironically, um, they 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 beat they beat the Patriots in the regular season that year, and so they get to the playoffs and then they lose they lose to the uh, the to the Patriots. Patriots go on and win the Super Bowl. I think they end up beating uh, the Eagles. Ironically, you know, a team that's having a really good season this year. So that's who it really reminds me of. That's that's the team. And there's another example of a rookie come in on a pretty good team, uh, a well-to-do, balanced team, uh, defensively, had a good offensive line, running game, and that was two four years later, a rookie comes in, guy named Joe Flacco from Delaware, never heard of him, just like I've never heard of this guy. He comes in, uh, the, the Ravens go on the road and beat the number one seed Tennessee Titans that year a 13-3 and three Titans that year. Then they go on and win another game and ultimately lose 2008-2009 season to that same Steelers team where uh, Ben Roethlisberger gets his uh, second ring. Now, Roethlisberger ultimately loses his rookie year, comes back, doesn't have his best regular season. They're like 11-5. That second season, then they come out and and win as a wild card. They win the Super Bowl as a, a as a wild card and a pretty low wild card at that, beating a very good um, uh, Indianapolis Colts team was like fourteen and two that year. Uh, that particular Colts team, they uh, I blame Tony Dungy. He rested his starters too many games. Before the season end, that's how good that Colts team was. They probably should have played out their season and maybe rested towards the end of their last game, not the last two. Uh, took them a long time to get caught up. The rest is history. That team goes on, beats the Colts. Uh, they beat a good, before that, they beat a good Carson Palmer-led Bengals team. Then they go on the road, beat a heavily favored Colts team. Then they go all the way to Denver and beat the, the the Broncos in the AFC Championship game only to get to the Super Bowl, and they end up beating Seattle. A few questionable calls in that game. But that was a second-year guy. But that first year, this reminds me so much. There's so much talent. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel with his – now he's got a spring now. He's got this MCL spring. Brandon Ayuk, uh, Juan Jennings. 
uh, George Kittle, just an all-world tight end type of guy. And, you know, so, so yes, there is, there is precedent. But as far as that no rookie quarterback has ever been to the Super Bowl. No rookie quarterback. Uh, so that, and, and I, I do not think, uh, now, of course, there are reports that Garoppolo may come back in the NFC Championship game, likely against maybe a Philly. But my thing is, if the guy's playing really well, do you want to keep the rookie in and keep keep uh, Garoppolo on standby? Do you start the rookie if he's playing that well with this group and you have a 80% Jimmy Garoppolo? My thing would be we're going to start uh, Brock Purdy. If we get destroyed on the back end, which we could, then I would bring in uh, Garoppolo. Uh, that's the kind of chance I would take if I am a, a Kyle Shanahan. Now, of course, if that backfires, then you then uh, you look at a Shanahan and say, well, no rookie quarterback has ever led a team to a Super Bowl. Why would you do that when you had a guy that played in the Super Bowl? And I'll say, well, he didn't win me one, did he? He didn't win me one, and he's hurt all the time. So that that's what – Probably going to keep him up at night. I see this team. they got a two-game lead. I see them winning the division. They have a really good shot at a two-seed, but it doesn't mean as much as it used to because, you know, there uh, there's no bye week for that two-seed. It's just for the one-seed. I feel like that's Phillies to lose. You know, that that is Philadelphia's to lose that one-seed. So th- this is something that he's going to have to – he being Cal Shanahan, he's going to have to ponder on. Now, you know, this guy's got some nightmares, okay? You look at Kyle Shanahan, he got too pass-happy and got too predictable in the second half of that um, Atlanta game, Atlanta Super Bowl against the Patriots as an offensive coordinator. Uh, Probably, I would say, probably didn't take enough shots downfield against that Kansas City Chief team in the second half. That ultimately cost him as well. Now, I noticed that he's actually calling more shot plays with Brock Purdy than he than he did with um, with the Jimmy Garoppolo. This is the most success, and this is just two games, but they have scored 30-plus points in both games, mind you, against Miami and Tampa. Uh, maybe he feels something, he sees something with this guy that he's not, he does not see. But i tell you what, it's worth talking about. It really is worth talking about. Uh, it's early on. We'll see how it plays out. But i tell you, man, I, I, you always wonder what the coach thinks the way he calls the game, what he thinks of the quarterback, the way he schemes his plays up, and it reminds me of a Jim Harbaugh, the way he thought of a um, – what's this guy's name? Jeez. Uh, now, uh, his mind's slipping. His name's – it's not Alex Smith. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, the way he called the game with Colin Kaepernick in those past plays, tell me he had faith in Kaepernick and he could make 
deeper throws down the field than he could with Alex Smith. This is kind of what I'm getting with a Cal Shanahan. Something I know on the flip side, Brady and Tampa, they're still leading the, the you know the South by one game. Carolina, they did beat Seattle and, and uh and Atlanta. They're they're one game ahead of those guys. Those teams are five and eight. Brady six and seven in that Tampa Bay team. No thrist and worse. Now he may be back this week. He may be back. He's supposed to have been out two weeks, but they've got to play Cincinnati at home. You know, they've got to play Cincinnati at home. Carolina's in second place. Pittsburgh at home. Detroit. I mean, they. it's not a lock that they get it. It's not a lock. But uh, let me look at their schedule. Hold on. Disregard that, folks. I'm going to look at Tampa's schedule because – you know, a lot of people's talking about Brady. Well, the team is really banged up, man. You know, what do you expect out of him? Um, okay, so they got Tampa. They got to play at air. This is this is Tampa. They got uh, Cincinnati at home, depending on Trey Henderson's health and and again, Thriston Wirfs, his left tackle coming back. Uh, Brady Brady may pull that off because Higgins got he went out of the game and uh, and also. Their other wide receiver went out of the game as well. He he's lost two wide receivers, Hayden Hurst and Trey Henderson, their best defensive lineman. Uh, he, he might not he might not play Sunday against Tampa. So Tampa's got Cincinnati at Arizona on Christmas Day, and then on New Year's Day they've got uh, Carolina at home in Atlanta. Now at that at Atlanta could be for the division against another rookie, Desmond Ritter, who we're going to see this weekend. You know. I mean, that's a bad division, but somebody's got to win it, right? Somebody's got to win it. And a lot of times these teams get overlooked and they end up winning their playoff game. So it it's, you know, do I think that the 49ers have a chance at a Super Bowl? Yes, but it's not likely because it hasn't happened. Uh, as far as Tampa, I'm not too down on them because they've got so many at Tyler Boyd. Yeah, Tyler Boyd is who I was talking about, Pickles. Yeah. It was Tyler Boyd. Now, but it, it it's food for thought. It is food for thought. And Miles, and, and that'll be a good transition. So Cincinnati ends up beating Cleveland Sunday. So Burrow beats the Browns. Uh, they get over that. Uh, 0-4 against the Browns. So he beats the Browns Sunday, Cincinnati does. They beat Kansas City the Sunday before that. Beat Tennessee the Sunday before that. That's two playoff contenders. And they're just still one game behind Baltimore, who's on their third quarterback now. But they found a way to win because they went out and got Roquan Smith, who knocked Kenny Pickett out of the game and also got a key turnover towards the end off of Mitch Trubisky. So, it you know, Cincinnati, last seven games, Cincinnati's won three. And now they got to play again. They got to play at Tampa. I just mentioned that. And Arizona, New England, who have problems offensively. Now, that Buffalo game, like I said earlier last week, that could be an AFC championship preview. And that looks like an AFC championship preview. Buffalo, who won again, who now has sole possession of first place in the AFC and, of course, 
uh, in the uh, in AFC East, of course, in AFC as a whole, they would have the uh, the bye week Buffalo Bills, and plus they're getting some of their defensive backs back. Of what I've been reading, got Gabe Jackson, guys. Of course, Tredavious uh, White played 100 of the snaps. They're looking good. Do they look great? No, but hey, the Jets have a good defensive line. They have a good defensive line. You know. But going back to Cincinnati, they got to play Baltimore, who may or may not have Lamar Jackson coming off a short week. So uh, even if Jack, even if Cincinnati gets a wild card at nine and four, if they lose a division, I just mentioned Pittsburgh won a Super Bowl off a wild card. So have the Giants back when they beat the, I want to say, the Patriots. So these are teams are playing well now. Okay, San Francisco. Even with their setbacks, they're playing well right now. Cincinnati, Trey Henderson, I'm more concerned about his his injury at defensive line than I am about Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins because Joe Burrow's playing so well and the offensive line is playing well, if you ask me. But that's a key guy. Trey Henderson's key. He's got a risk injury, and it may be broken. They're, they're taking it day by day is what uh, what Zach Taylor's saying. But, you know, these teams are playing really well at the right. You want to be playing well a couple weeks before Christmas. All right? You really do. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so why is this Miami game important? As I said before, Miami is – my prediction would be that Miami would get off to a really good start and then they would fade as the season went along. Now, I thought maybe I'm, you know, I started backpedaling a little bit because two is highest QBR in the league. You, you look at the development of the running game, the trade for um, Jeff Wilson, former 49ers, speaking of the 49ers. So I'm thinking to myself, man, maybe I'm wrong about Miami. Maybe they won't fade. And then you start to think about it to myself. I'm thinking to myself, okay, now Tua had an ankle injury. He got a, he got an ankle injury in the 49er game, okay? He was very uh, quick-triggered in that game, happy feet, quick-trigger in that game because he knew that Armstead wasn't out there, and he also had another offensive line. That's that's his left tackle, Taron Armstead. Guy they paid a lot of money from uh, to from uh, New Orleans. Free agent left tackle. Now, he was hurt. This is going back to the 49er game. So he, he injures his ankle, but uh, McDaniels, their head coach, says, hey, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. No big deal. Going to practice him like. And on top of that, McDaniels did another move that I like. He kept the team over in California, and they traveled south from San Francisco to Santa Clara to be technical down to L.A., and they played a Charger team minus, okay, no Derwin James, no Joey Bosa. Their defensive tackle, Sebastian Joseph, was out. And on top of all that, the Chargers are 22nd against the run. And what do they do? 
they go out there, pass happy, Dallas Cowboy, we're going to tear this secondary up, pass happy, pass happy, and you could tell that Tua's ankle was off because those passes were off, man. They were off. No running calls with Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert. Why didn't you establish the run game? You know, you had the better defense on paper. You had the healthier defense of the two. Why didn't you run to set up the pass if you know that he's got a bum ankle, which can uh, hurt your plant foot or your release foot? I don't know which one it is. Even if it is, either way, he's not very mobile to get from the get-go. Why wouldn't you just use the run? And they didn't. And... They lost. They got beat. You know, 28 passes to 14 rushes. And the game really didn't feel close to me. And I was like 23 to 7. I don't know what it was. The 23-7. It didn't feel that close to me. On the flip side, with no running game, multiple offensive line, centers out, left tackles out for Justin Herbert. Herbert threw 51 times. And, of course, they they won the game. So now Miami, after being in California for two weeks, banged up team, banged up quarterback, right? Now they got to go a short week to all the way to Buffalo. They got to go back to Miami and then on Buffalo on a Saturday and play this Bills team, which they're going to get hammered in that game. I think they will get hammered by the Bills in that game on the short week. Just like I thought there was a potential, the potential for uh, the 49ers to hammer Tampa. Of course, they did, right? They did. They they ended up hammering them. Ran all over them, over 200 yards. I don't know if Bills will do that. But I do think that, you know, Tua and Greg Rossinu had a really good game for Buffalo. Guy was saying I, that's why I wasn't so quick to sell them because they lost Von Miller. I can I know they have a deep team. They have a better secondary now than they did this time last year because their best cornerback got hurt last year, Jordavius White, and some of their young guys are still really playing well, you know. But Miami. Why are you calling those pass plays? I mean, it's like they were just really, and if it wasn't for a fumble call, that would have been a total blowout that that uh, Tyreek Hill picks up and runs what feels like 50 yards in for a touchdown. But a reason why I bring these guys up, two of was drafted fifth to the Dolphins. Remember the story was, that the, the head coach there, he wanted uh, the owner there. No, excuse me. The head coach wanted Burrow. The general manager wanted Tua, supposedly. And then the the head coach, who is no longer the head coach now, Brian Flores, he's saying that the owner wanted them to tank for Burrow, get Burrow number one overall. They made an attempt to trade up to get Burrow. Cincinnati wasn't wasn't biting. Of course, Cincinnati made the right move. They went from a total dumpster fire from the from the uh, outhouse to the penthouse. 
So, long story short, Miami drafts Tua at five, and then the lowly Chargers draft Herbert, who I thought would be a total bust at six from Oregon. Herbert shows out more and more to be the star. You know, he just has a poor head coach in there, still seventh seed, by the way. And they got Tennessee next week, who will not blitz, who made, and I'll get to them in a minute, Trevor Lawrence look like Andrew Luck out there with four total touchdowns, three pass and one running with a bad toe. And why didn't Tennessee blitz? I don't know. I, I don't know why they didn't do that, why they didn't exploit that. But anyways, I'm going to take a few minutes here. I'll be back in a minute 19. I almost forgot to do my break, folks. Be right back here on Sportscope. If I can find my thing there. Hello, Sportscope followers. After five years of doing this program, once a week, balancing a 60-hour work week job, I've decided to do the program five days a week, one hour a night, taking a significant pay cut. So I've started a Patreon page, which is Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash Sportscope, spelled the same way at the bottom of the screen you see there, for $5 a month, 17 cents a day. You can help support the program. You ask yourself, why sports scope? Well, I bring in such big names uh, such as Al Borges, former Auburn offensive coordinator, and and I cover the big news uh, in sports that the corporate media will not cover. If you want to contribute more than five dollars a month, you can go use the cash app. The cash tag is Sports Scope again, spelled the same way, or you can go to the Zelle app, SportsScope at gmail.com. Uh, Sportscope has about 5,000 followers and growing. If you want to advertise on the program, you can email me. The word is sportsscope, spelled the same way again, at gmail.com. Thank you and enjoy the program. Okay, I'm back. So going back to this Miami thing, so you make this massive trade for Tyreek Hill. And the team you trade with, they're leading their division. They're doing well. They've had some bad days, but they're 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 doing they're doing pretty well in Kansas City. All right. You get off to this unprecedented start offensively. You come back, big deficits against teams like Denver or you beat Buffalo, you beat Baltimore in a comeback. Uh you you're looking really good and you still have some pieces there on defense. Your quarterback has the highest QBR in the NFL. And now you're starting to teeter off because you're looking like a typical spread team in college. You're getting away from running the football and you're getting too pass happy because you've got these two weapons in Waddle and these track stars and Tyreek Hill, and they're not even using their tight end enough. Sometimes you have to use that tight end Sometimes you have to run the set up the pass, and sometimes you have to pass to set up the run. I felt like they were giving them the run. Uh, this Charger team's 22nd against the run, man. They're 22nd, and they don't have the best coach in the world, you know. But that that game right there shows you the talent of a guy like Herbert 
with a lesser of a coach versus a guy like Tua, who I think has a better coach. I I, I think he, he he saw the fact that Derwin James was not there, and he, he knew Bosa was a heck of a pass rusher. His eyes got big. It's Sunday night football. It's like he, it was very Dallas Cowboy, Keelan Moore like, right? And he he fell into a slump after the first two drives, and it's like they could not establish any kind of run game after that. And a lot of that is lack lack of physicality. That is lack of physicality on your offensive line. That's something they're going to have to address. But I could see this team potentially collapsing. You know, I could see them potentially collapsing in the Miami Dolphins. I could see them losing that Buffalo game. I want to say they got to play the. Uh, I want to say they got to play the Jets and New England up in December. You know, I could see them playing New England in December and things not going their way. They should beat New England, but if that ankle is bothering Tua. Uh, Judon's a pretty good pass rusher. Tua's not Justin Fields or who you're going to see tonight, Kyler Murray. He's not those guys, you know. And that's going to be the knock on Tua going forward. He's not going. He he seems like a injury status of a Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater's a good solid feeling. He's more talented, better passer than Bridgewater. But it, it, part of ability's ability is availability and still being on playing at a high level through nagging injuries that Josh Allen had, you know, elbow injury, right? Pretty bad elbow injury. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had injuries. He's played through nagging elbow injuries, bruises, stuff like that, bum ankles. And and that's going to be the knock on Tua. That's been the knock on Tua. Uh, if this were flag football, he would be the champion of champion. He'd probably be maybe the best quarterback in the league, but it's not. It's real football, and it's going to be something that is going to be a bugaboo for the Miami Dolphins organization, and it's got to be frustrating for, fan, for fans because you're like, you're going to say, if he stays healthy, if he stays healthy, well, Maybe he's just not built for the NFL. And, and it saddens me to say that after watching him destroy defenses week in and week out. But this is the third time he's been hurt this year. You know? And didn't you got to look back at last year. Didn't he miss games? Like, yeah, he missed games last year. We had Patrick... Um, uh, Fitz Magic, remember that? Uh, you know, so now, of course, he's not with them anymore. But y- your backup is is a guy that, uh, you know, he's injury prone too. And Teddy Bridgewater, pretty talented guy. But so was Sam Bradford, you know. So was Sam Bradford. But it, it's just not a lock that they're going to get in the playoffs and they look so good at times. I mean, they got to play Green Bay. But at Buffalo, at New England, the Jets, the Jets are very physical, man. That's not going to be a walk in the park. The Jets are a very physical team. Now, I know they got some injury problems, too, with Quentin uh, uh, Williams, you know. 
Yeah, he was aiming. Well, he was aiming the ball because his ankles bother him because he can't plant. That's what I think. He couldn't plant. He's had that nagging ankle injury all week. Uh, you know, the coaches can always poo-poo it one way or the other. I know that that uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence took a really bad hit in that Detroit game. They were blown out 40-something, four points. And he looked like Joe Montana beats Andrew Luck against the Titans on Sunday. Maybe that tells you how bad the Titans are. So, uh, Dallas. Dallas was doing a flat game. You know, playing the worst team in football, 17-and-a-half point favorites, coming off of a big primetime game, uh, kind of a, like another big game for Houston. It's an in-state rival game. Dallas didn't take them serious. They go down to score early. Uh, first drive, Dallas does typical Dallas things. They get pass happy too. And, of course, you get uh, two interceptions and a pump, a punt fumble. They also, Dak throws 39 to 31 rushing against the 30. They're the 32nd rush defense in the league. Other words, if Dallas would have stayed with the run, even after the first turnover uh, between Zeke and Tony Powell, they would have wore this team down and they would have run rough shot in the second half. They would have beat them. They might have covered that 17 and a half. They might, they may have had another, but Dallas does Dallas things. They get frustrated and they get pass happy with, with, with Dak. And then, you know, they got the game. The game is on the line. Now, I will say this. I do uh, commend the way Dallas handled that last drive, and I, I commend the way that Dak Prescott played in that last drive. The other words, this time last year, I think they lose that game. I think I think that Dallas loses that game. Um, this, guy, this time last year, it reminds me, of the flat game they had against Denver. At home, 12 o'clock start to... Dallas is so used to playing in big primetime games, they get flat sometimes on these 12 o'clock games, these 12, 12 noon central time games. They're a little bit flat. The audience is a little bit flat. They're usually playing at 7 o'clock on Sunday night football, right? Or 3.30 uh, national game of the week. 42 million people watched them beat the Giants on, on Thanksgiving Day. That's not an exaggeration. That Those are real numbers. And then you get to playing the worst team in football, number one pick, Houston, Texas, 32nd against the run, 17.5-point favorites, early start time at home. Let's And, and I see this all the time. They'll, they'll have their scripted plays, first possession, boom, touchdown. You know? And then you get a little complacent, get a little lazy on your passes. Uh, they get some a muff punt. Uh, you get the two interceptions. And then you're playing not to lose to a team like Houston when Philadelphia is rolling the Giants 40-something points. You're trying to stay afloat with them because you've got that game coming up on Christmas Eve. Great game against the Eagles at home. And they almost lost, but I do commend them coming back, winning that game at the end. Now they've got Jacksonville next week. Jacksonville just beat Tennessee pretty good. 
Jacksonville beat Baltimore two weeks ago, so they're not going to go half-stepping against Jacksonville. This prepares them for Jacksonville. I think that was a good win for them. That was a good test for Dallas, and they passed the test. This time last year, I think that they would have lost that game. I think I think maybe Keelan Moore. I do like the run and play at the very end to give it to Zeke. Don't get cute. Give it to your power back. Let him go in there. Get the touchdown. Do not hesitate. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's go back. I'm going to skip up some of these questions here. Uh, tool look way off what Pickle says. Yep. Uh, Pretty had a lot of tools to work with. It always helps. Big Ben looks like an offensive lineman. Uh, very comparable teams. Big Ben with that talented 04 Steelers team to the uh, Brock Purdy uh, talented 2022 49ers team. Tyler Boyd was out. That was my comment on uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, Boyd went out. Higgins went out. Hurst was out before the game. Now her, his best defensive lineman, Trey Henderson's out. Snow Globe uh probable in 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 Buffalo. Yeah. Buffalo's gonna host Miami less than uh Miami been a long road trip short going back to Miami short week and then back up to think about the time zones they're going in. So Miami's in the Pacific time gone time zone for two weeks. Then they fly to the eastern time zone in Miami. Then they gotta fly all the way up to Buffalo. Half the team may get the flu. You know so Miami's got their hands full uh, to aiming the ball at Chargers. Yeah, because he's not throwing off right. Should have never played is what Pickles says. And Cowboys barely showed up. Yeah, they couldn't get up emotionally in that game. Couldn't get up emotionally. And I uh, wish the Titans had new owners committed to winning. Okay, so that is Davis Mills looks sharp. Yeah, it was their Super Bowl. It was their Super Bowl, guys. I think Dallas will be okay. Uh, they did lose an offensive lineman, though. They did lose one of their offensive linemen. Uh, the Eagles, by the way, on the flip side, staying in the NFC East. I'll get to the Titans in a minute. The Eagles are averaging. The Eagles are averaging forty-one points a game. The last three games. Not in a walk apart that they have to clinch a play. They have they did clinch a playoff spot. I just mentioned the Christmas Eve game at Dallas. And that will be telling for Dak and, and his team. Now, Dallas, they've lost this guy, uh, Terrence offensive lineman. Uh he he's towards ACL. He's one of their best offensive linemen. Now, Lane Johnson's day-to-day -day with the ab injury of his own with the Eagles, okay? So, you know, uh, if Philly wins this game, then you ask yourself, if they win that Christmas Eve game against Dallas in a hypothetical, could Dallas, which could be a well of a NFC championship game or, or a, even a divisional game, could the, could the Eagles beat them three times in one year to get to the Super Bowl? Well, I'm out of Nashville. Titans just played the Jaguars. In 1999, Tennessee played Jacksonville on Christmas Day and beat them like a drum. 
A few weeks before that, that was here in Nashville. Steve McNair had like five touchdowns in that game. He was great. Uh, a few weeks prior to that, they went down to Jacksonville and beat them. In the AFC Championship game, I remember it like it was yesterday, in January of 2000, Tennessee goes down to Jacksonville, has some really good special teams plays. They beat Jacksonville for a third time to get to the Super Bowl. Jacksonville was 14-2 and two that year. Their two losses in the regular season were to Tennessee. And then Tennessee beats them. A 13-3 and three Tennessee team beats them to get to the Super Bowl that year. So could the Eagles beat the, 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 the Cowboys three times to get to the Super Bowl? Yes. Yeah. Can Dallas, now they'll have Dak back. They'll have Dak Prescott for this game with the right game plan, with the Tony Pollard, with the three uh, tight end type of uh, set, with Tony Pollard, with Zeke Elliott at Dallas Christmas Day will be Christmas Eve, by the way, Saturday. It's uh, not this Saturday, but next Saturday. It'll be here before you know it. Dallas has to play Jacksonville. Uh, Philadelphia has like Chicago or somebody. I can't remember. So anyways, uh, that will be a highly anticipated game. Dallas kept that game within one score last game. Remember with their backup quarterback, with their starter, with their A game, with the injuries at safety to, to Philadelphia, yeah, they could potentially beat them down in Dallas. They could potentially do that. And on the other side, you know, the Eagles probably snapped the one seed, and then the Eagles, uh, their biggest foes would be Dallas in the playoffs or a potential Jimmy Garoppolo 49er team. I don't think a Brock Purdy can beat them in Philadelphia. But records are made to be broken. Trends are making to be broken. But it's never happened. So the path for Philadelphia is smooth right now. They've got a clear path. Who else is going to beat them? You know, Skip Bayless thinks Tampa could beat them. Well, they will mug that offensive line, that defensive line of Tampa. And they will mug that offensive line. Totally different situation than it was one year ago between the Bucks. And the Eagles where the Bucs won that game. With Brady, possibly if he gets a few pieces back, their defense gets relatively healthy. He gets Wolves back, the right game plan, possibly, but I doubt it. That defense is not what it was. There's too many players out for Tampa. Uh, but it's Dallas or San Francisco. Nobody else is going to touch that team, you know. Uh, whoever slips into that playoff spot, whether it be a – they will run through Minnesota like a hot knife through butter. Now, you know, Detroit won yesterday. I'll talk Detroit tomorrow. Could Detroit beat them? Yeah. But they will be heavy favorites against any of these teams. Only way the Eagles would lose is they lose themselves by just being sloppy with the football. Now, if Lane Johnson stays out and this ab injury turns out to be something more serious, then possibly they can have some problems, but they just look way, way ahead of anybody. Now, of course, if, if, if Garoppolo comes back and he's really 100%, that will be a good NFC Championship game, 49ers-Eagles. 
even if it's playing in Philadelphia, in my opinion. In my humble opinion, guys. Uh, Pickle says Brady was humiliated Sunday. I mean, what does he expect? You know, uh, Vita Vita, their best defensive tackle was out. You're on a short week. You're playing one of the better offensive line and run game scheme in football with one of the better running backs to fit that scheme in football. You're playing statistically the best defense in football. On the road, short week at their place with a decimated team, what does he expect to do? Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp got a heated argument over that. And Shannon Sharp was 110% right. Brady is getting rid of the ball in like 2.5 seconds, which means they could not get downfield. Uh, they couldn't get open enough, even though he did beat them twice. One of them got called back, like I said, but the rest of it, he couldn't connect. Number one, he has problems with his arm strength. Number two is he didn't have the time with that pass rush coming up of the 49ers, you know. But, hey, there's only so much he can do. There's only so much Brady can do, even with his quick release, guys, you know. So uh, it, it, it seems like a clear path. In the, the games aren't played on paper. Uh, turnovers can beat anybody. Uh, the Eagles, uh, if they played some of the teams in the AFC, like a Cincinnati or a Buffalo, I think they can lose. But in the NFC, they really look like they, they've got a good head of steam going right now. They really do. So anyways, okay. Yeah, everybody, crypto guy got arrested in Bahamas. People keep that keep getting that notification. So uh, Andre said the Titans got manhandled. Okay, so the Titans are that was a pretty big game. They're AFC South division leaders. Okay, still got a two game lead. Now they jumped up early, fourteen to seven in this game. It looked like they were pressing too hard. Uh, that offensive line's terrible. That's something that they're going to have to address in the offseason and put a lot of money and resources into doing that. Okay. Uh, four turnovers. Trevor Lawrence. Uh, three hundred. Looked like Andrew Look, like I said earlier. He threw for 368 yards, three touchdowns, and he ran for one on supposedly a bad toe. He only practiced one day, still beat Tennessee soundly. You know, Tennessee's offensive line, very bad. Their defensive line, their defense as a whole, very predictable. Their defense as a whole, very predictable. And then I didn't realize this until today. We'll get a sip of water here, guys. I didn't realize this until today that Jim Schwartz, a guy who Jamie Paggs, Philly sports guy, hates. He used to be the coordinator for them. Um, used to be under uh, Jeff Fisher. Schwartz is big on not bringing pressure. And I and I, I talked to a friend of mine at work who went to the game. He said, this guy rushes four the whole time. 
And I know that Christian Fulton, their lead corner, was out. Dino Autry, by the way, this would be his third game he missed Sunday. Okay. And Elijah Molden, I think, or Hooker, when their safeties are out. But those are three big pieces, especially Fulton and Autry. Okay. So he plays rush for basically plays like a zone and didn't change it up any. Meanwhile, Tennessee's getting destroyed on their offensive line, sack strip fumble. Uh, man, Derrick Henry fumbled again. It seems like he's trying too hard. Uh, sack strip fumble of uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill. But Jim Schwartz, he is a senior defensive assistant on this team, and it's short starting the show. The same Jim Schwartz that was the defensive coordinator to the 2017 2018 Tennessee Titans or uh, Eagles team who gave up 400 and something yards in the Super Bowl to Tom Brady. And if you all remember, uh, I had Jamie Pags on last Thursday before the Thursday before last, before they played uh, the Titans. And he says, what caused that Brady fumble was the one blitz play that he calls. He called, he called one blitz that whole game. That caused Brady to fumble. The Eagles get the ball back and score, or get the ball back, win the game. Uh, Nick Foles out-dueled out uh, Tom Brady. He, he, he passed for almost 500 yards. Well, if you play like that most of the time, you're not going to win. You know? But you, you look at this, this banner day that Trevor Lawrence had. And this lack of pressure that Tennessee could get on their quarterback, who supposedly only played one week. So my thing is, uh, you know, this team is good. They're obviously going to get a new general manager next year. Uh, they need a whole new secondary. This team needs it. They're young on the secondary. They need probably another corner. Um, they need a whole new offensive line, if you ask me. Uh, Lawan's long in the tooth. Uh, ben Jones, he's 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 good, very good center. Uh, Henry's thirty, uh, pushing thirty years old. You know, uh, they're they're overpaying for Ryan Tannehill. Although they could cut him this year, it's nowhere near the cap hit or the dead money. They probably just need a total rebuild this thing. Uh, they got guys like Jeffrey Simmons. I would want to keep and build around Trayvon Burks, rookie there. Uh, the rest of these guys, these young guys, Malik Willis is probably a backup, going to be a backup in this league. They just need to just to blow this thing wide open. Uh, I think they kind of figured that out even when Dron Robertson was here. When they kind of maxed out last year, lost that Cincinnati game. They played a lot of close games leading up to that game. And they realize that this is probably the best we're going to be. That's why he traded A.J. Brown, in my opinion. And uh, they got a two-game lead. Uh, I think they'll find a way to hang on. Jacksonville's got to play Dallas next week, okay? Tennessee got to play the Chargers, which Herbert could like this team up. If they play like this, Justin Herbert will have 400 yards and, and, and run one in and throw two in. He'll look like he did against Pittsburgh last year. Just destroy him. 
destroy that team. And it's in L.A. too, you know. Yeah, he did an A.J. a favor big time, what Andre says. Yeah. Hey, traded him to a contender. And Tennessee's falling apart. Uh, the truth of it is people don't want to really agree with this, but they're paying him too much money. He's $38 million cap hit is what a, a, it's Ryan Tannehill. That's the biggest thing, in my opinion, that they got, they got uh, 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 Robertson fired. That's the biggest thing they got him fired. You know, if they were paying him 15, 16 million, you got A.J. Brown. You got your best uh, blocking guard who's not in Buffalo anymore, okay? You've got an intact offensive line. You've got a, uh, what's his name, Coughlin uh, for the, uh, you, you got your right tackle that used to be with Tennessee that's now with Cleveland. All those guys are back. You know, uh, so they've got one. The, again, they've got one year left with, with Derrick Henry. I will move off Henry at the end of the season uh, when this season's over with, which it'll be either towards the end of week 18 or it'll be in the first round of the playoffs, in my opinion. And that's just calling it balls and strikes here. I don't drink the Titans Kool-Aid. It is what it is. I said they'd win the division nine and eight. Still feel pretty good about it. They're going to probably get Altree back another week. If not, they made another mistake because they didn't put him on IR because they couldn't activate somebody else. Because this, if, if he misses this week, that would be four weeks. That's the minimum you could put a guy on IR. So they're not measuring that injury right if he does not – if he doesn't play Sunday, Dino Autry, that's a big defensive tackle there. That means they've mismanaged that that injury. That means they've mismanaged that injury. Okay, Christian Fulton. Uh, I don't see them beating this Charger team. I just don't see it. They can do it because they're twenty second against the run. But can they run the ball and not turn it over? Can they keep that that secondary? Just just it seems like there's nobody out there. You know, guys seem wide open. You know. Down the field, Bud Dupree was he, he is underachieved. So that, I mean, it is what it is, man. You know, it is what it is, and, and and it's the job of and you don't give Mike Vrabel too much power here. You cannot give this guy too much power. He needs to play his part as a coach. Let the general manager. He needs to work with the general manager to get the proper players by telling him what players he needs, and then it's the general manager's job to go out and find them. It's not his – he does not get final say on the player. The manager should do that. The guy who's been uh, doing the background check and the scouting report, that should be it. And, of course, Amy Adams Trunk could be a tiebreaker, but either way, there's always friction between management and coaches uh, in every organization. And secondary is very weak. Uh, they don't run no stunts with this guy. That's just the way it is. Everybody I talked to about Jim Schwartz says the same thing. Guy at work, Jamie Paggs, he's in Philadelphia. He sees it. I've said it with, uh, talked about my dad and my friends for years about Schwartz. I said, if you if you playing fantasy, whatever team, he used to coach for D uh, Detroit when 
when Rodgers have his banner days, 380 yards, 400 yards, because that's when he played Detroit. When Schwartz used to coach there, he used to coach for Buffalo. When Brady would have those banner days with, with Gronk and everybody, but Schwartz's defense is terrible for coverage. He wants to rush for it's great when the four is great. When you got a dominant defensive line, yeah, that's fine. But when you're banged up and you have to run stunts and you have to run blitzes, he doesn't, he does none of that. He he's not in the league with the guy from Cincinnati. Lou Narinato, who who coached a masterful game these last few months, last few games, particularly Sunday. And against the Titans, too. He called a safety blitz and, and, and knocked um, and, and got Derrick Henry down in, in the backfield. Very good play call. So uh, we'll see what happens with the Titans. Uh, there's, a, there's a chance they could collapse and lose this thing. You know, it's a bigger come-to-Jesus moment for them. But uh, I don't think they will. I think they'll figure it out. They'll get healthy. They'll make some adjustments. I mean, Brable's the head coach. He's to step in and say, hey, look, man, you don't have to start bringing some pressure here. We can't play coverage all day. And everybody's fully healthy. We had a good game against Kansas City. But when you're starting to get that banged up and one player means that much when Altry's that big a deal, you're going to have to really make some adjustments and, and make up for that, okay? If you guys like the show, share the show. I'll be on tomorrow, same place, same time. Give you my power five. We'll do some college football. Uh, thinking about Mike Leach, the head coach there. One report said a health scare. Another report said it was a really bad heart attack. Uh, hope he's going to be okay. I'm not sure, though, what to think. It, it may go south for him. Uh, maybe I'll talk a little bit about that tomorrow. I haven't heard anything new. Mississippi State head coach. I know he's got a great sense of humor, great for the league. It's just a sad situation there. But uh, we'll get into that, get into the Power Five and all that good stuff here on Sports Scope. Appreciate everybody listening. Uh, Pickles says Titans clean house uh, for that new stadium. Well, one would hope so, Pickles. One would hope so. Thanks, guys.